0: Final answers for Royal Ascot 2023. Emmett Kennedy alongside the six-time champion tipster Paul Jacobs. Welcome back to the show, my friend.
1: Good to be on again. The Royal Meeting. The splash of colour. The champagne. You know all I really want is a cheese and piccoli sandwich. I don't know about you, uh, um, but uh, I'm quite happy sitting at home on my racked up leather sofa watching on TV. I will be there for a couple of days doing corporate, so a bit of a contradiction in terms. Uh, I've got to tell you, I hate all this royal shit I really
0: do because <laughs> <laughs> this is the funny thing right so I'm I'm on air all mm. week for for TalkSport the schedule was changed so I'm doing the mm. five days now um, and, right. and, and I, I love it and having been there for ITV in the full top hat and tails and yeah, being yeah. part of the regalia and all that like as an Irish person I suppose I'm supposed to say yeah I'm not really into that at all I actually like the pump and ceremony, and the prestige, and I don't know why, but I do tend to get carried away I, in it. With it,
1: I know why. Because you're a posh boy at heart, aren't you? Really? Come on, you can come out with it now. Come out, come out, come out wherever you are. Are you saying a that the young lady who fell from a star? Come are you on, tell us? what
0: I really am as a West Coast Brit.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I, I that scares me really. That really scares me big time.
0: Yeah, normally it, it wouldn't be. Wouldn't be my thing, though. No. Um, royal weddings and that kind of stuff. Nah, I'm like, yeah, do, do, do I get you do that. you. That's okay. I don't, it doesn't matter uh, to me. But for some reason, okay. the pomp and ceremony and prestige of Royal Ascot, yeah, I buy into it. I, I like it.
1: Okay, we'll still remain friends after this. Don't worry, kind of. acquaintance yeah, acquaintances are worse.
0: This is the good thing about you. It's it's not like with, with other people where you express any kind of a deviation from an opinion. It's blocked. I'm not speaking Sticky. to you ever again in this modern era. Yeah. It's absolute insanity sometimes. But, hey, we'll have some fun. Um, briefly, the top jockey betting. So it's obviously Frankie Dettori's final Royal Ascot and every yeah. race his final ride in that particular race. I'm sure we'll be milking it on TalkSport just the same as everybody else will be. Uh, he's 3-1 to one second favorite to be top jockey. Ryan Moore is the odds-on favorite. Oshin Murphy... Um actually, it's actually quite a big price here for a man who's got some decent rides. Sixteen to one you can mm-hmm. get with one firm. And Buick is third favorite around about anywhere between four to one and eleven to two. So you know which price you want to be going with.
1: Um I'm, yeah, actually, I'm going to play market? this on the exchanges. Yeah, okay. I'm going to play the exchanges because I think Inspiral will win the Queen ab, which we'll talk about in a minute. So I'm going to back Frankie and lay off straight away once she's gone past the post and won it. I mean, it's going to be absolute cringe show with Frankie, isn't it? Oh. You know, when he announced a year ago that he was... Uh, and he did it just for himself, let's be honest, you know. I mean, he's a great jockey. I, and by the way, was on um, social media this week. Who's the greatest Royal Ascot jockey? Frank Lester Piggott. I nearly puked in my porridge when I when I read that. Why would you even vote on that? Why would you even vote on that, Em? That's just the most ridiculous thing, you know. That, that, that That's like saying, um, I don't know, Zach Crawley is a better opener than Graham Gooch. I mean, come on. It's the biggest load of bollocks in your life you've ever heard. So it's going to be a cringe show. It has been a cringe show. Will be between this week and now, and between the end of the season. Uh, the, the other thing worth mentioning at the top of the show, and I know you probably thought about this as a big, big factor, is the weather with all yeah. these heavy thunderstorms. I mean, Haskell could get loads of them, but it could miss all of them as well, and we don't know. And of course, the the, the 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 way that clocks the course water their tracks in the UK could be an absolute quagmire. We don't know. I don't. I don't trust them as far as I could throw them.
0: Oh, man, I'm still pissed off about Newmarket quite frankly like the the mm. Guineas weekend mm. was was just ruined and Choke. and you could yeah. say oh the watering wasn't that much talk to trainers talk to jockeys they're still furious over yeah. it um, and that yeah. Guineas form clearly can't be trusted seeing his little Big Bear finish last comes out and wins next time now favourite for the Commonwealth Cup August yeah, Rodin yeah. bombs out, comes out and wins the Derby. Two spectacular training performances, mm. but not helps by the way the ground was was put on on the day. So, you know, is Caldine as good? I, I think he is a proper Group One performer, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, my approach, it's in, yeah. my approach, is pretty similar to yours actually. Um, I'm just going about it in a different way. I'm going to wait until the Queen Anne is run, and assuming mm. Frankie or Buick wins, then back Ryan Moore because maybe he'll take a little
1: slight trip. Yeah, good shout, good shout.
0: I like that. I like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Who do
1: you think will be leading writer? I think it probably will be Ryan Moore. Yeah. To be honest, uh, I was just going to say after you said that you did the Ryan Moore thing. I thought, oh, head minds think alike. How <laughs> clever are we, both of us? Not uh, we. I mean, we try and think left of centre. I think in racing, haven't we got to think? I mean, the, the great rule always been the cardinal rule for me is is don't run with with the herd. Always think left of centre because if you run with the herd, you are going to lose ultimately, short, medium, and long term. Yeah. And that is why the bookies win. The bookies win because the obvious doesn't have the majority of the time. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's common sense, isn't it? Even if Randy DeLamy, it, it surely is common sense.
0: Absolutely. And in terms of putting up a, a poll as to the best Royal Ascot jockey, Lester Pickett, Frankie Dettori, why not compare modern day jockeys to one another? Who's the better Royal yeah. Ascot jockey? Ryan Moore or Frankie Dettori? And I know which one I'd Yeah, asking, yeah, absolutely. Probably. And Agreed. I'll be interviewing Frankie Dettori this week for talk Oh, <laughs>
1: thank you. Yeah. I, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for it. Let the bombs drop.
0: Let's talk let's about let's talk about the great man, Frankie. So uh, in Spiral, fifteen to eight favorites. Yeah, right. Um, fifteen yeah, to eight joint yeah. favorite with, with Modern Games. I'm a little bit surprised that Modern mm. Games has drifted the way he has. Uh, just briefly, the Charlie Appleby stable form. Uh, he's had five yeah. winners recently. off. is it something that you're a little bit concerned about, or you think that's all yeah. overdone with now?
1: Maybe not, because that can turn in a big festival, as you know, on its head. I mean, modern games is the pro, isn't he, Am? He's he's a solid uh, player, rated 121. But off that mark, he's got little, if anything, in hand of at least four of his rivals. Mm. Um, And to my eyes, he looked laboured trying to get past Shindit to win the lock-in. I mean, still, his record is great. Eight wins from 15 starts, a, a superb strike rate. But, you know, you kind of still get the feeling we've yet to see the best of native trail. Physically... He's always looked as though he'd improve with age as he filled out and had the strength to carry that, that really burly frame. He's got three lengths to find with Mutter Sarbeck on Bet365 mile format at uh, Haydock, But that was his first run since wind surgery. And he took a huge blow after the race. A filly hasn't won this opener since the great Gold Cover in 2010, which surprised me but only a handful of fillies, to be fair. Um, Serious enough rated to be involved in the race uh, since then. Six from eight in his career, uh, in her career. The key to uh, Inspirel's chance here is a fast pace to run at because she has that ability, and it's a, quite a unique ability in top-class horses to actually quicken, show a rapid turn of foot off a fast pace. I mean, you could seriously suggest that we haven't got to the bottom of the daughter of Frank, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think she deserves to start favourite, maybe, even though it would be a cringe worthy start to the meeting with Frankie, but I, I think that's the way it's going to go. As long as she has pace to run at, and she doesn't run too fresh on a comeback, I, th- I think I think she can beat the boys.
0: Yeah, she's got a great record on good to firm ground. She's only been beaten once on that Mm. surface. Uh, And obviously she goes really well fresh. And she was a brilliant winner at the Royal meeting last year. The more closer we get to it, the more I'm starting to flip to her side, to be quite frank about it. But I I will decide closer to the day. Uh, Kingstown State, fly, Flying flying Five. Um, This one, (laughs) I I have my view on this one. And I'm I'm very much, uh, look, I'm all over the Australian radar here. Um, Tim Carroll was on the show during the week. He absolutely raved about a piece of work that she did. uh, And she has an adjusted Uh, RPR of 125. Um, Last year's winner, Nature Strip, would have had a similar enough rating going into it and then ended up with a 129 after winning it. I I think she's going to blitz them here. Um, Although she is having to carry the same weight as Highfield Princess, despite the fact that she is a a year younger. So she's not getting the three-year-old allowance because she's a Southern Hemisphere horse. That being said, who are you with?
1: Yeah, I mean, Nature Street was an absolute, well, force of nature, wasn't he, last year? I think. Coolingata, if she it runs a race, I think she's got to be there or thereabouts if she's traveled over okay and she she put up a nice gallop. Trainer was happy, wasn't he, with, mm-hmm. with, with the gallop? Um, I think there's little doubt that Highfield Princess is clearly a better horse over five and six. So a comeback run in the Duke of York, I mean, you could merely regard that as a warm up. Uh, Kulingata, you prefer to cannibal. There's no doubt about that. Last year's second Twilight calls looked a shadow shadow of the 2022 model I think the, I think the one that's been undersold here and I will be having a saver on the Australian Philly the one I think has been undersold is, is the three-year-old Brad Sell. Um, which in a race which may not be massively up to scratch, Lady Aurelia 2017 was the last three year old to win this speed championship, but she was a bolt out of the blue, wasn't she? Yeah. She was a refreshing winner before that. Equiano, the great Equiano in 2008, what a career at stud he's had. Um, but the son of Tasley bradsell has loads of potential over the strip. Now, worth remembering, five career starts have all been over six furlongs, but on each occasion. He's raced, raced very prominently, and he's shown a high cruising speed. This drop back in trip looks a natural path to take. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think he can be in the four. All bookmakers will be going four places. And I think he can hit the four at a really big prize.
0: I was not expecting that. Uh, Coventry Stakes winner from last year, 33-1 to one with Holly Doyle mm. on board for Archie Watson. I like that thinking. And Brad Sell for the uh, King Stand is... The tip of the six-time champion tipster, Paul Jacobs. Uh, feature race on day one, the St. James's Palace Stakes. Look, it's feature races as far as the eye can see, really. But the market is deadlocked between Caldean, the Guineas winner, for our old friend Frankie, and Paddington, Ryan Moore, mm. uh, for Aiden O'Brien. We spoke to Aiden only a couple of days ago on the podcast and on TalkSport 2. Uh, William Buick controversially replaces Sean Levy on Isaac Shelby, but that brings in the French Guineas form. Is it between mm. the top two, or are you looking elsewhere?
1: Well, I think these are two genuine Group 1 performers. I think they're above average winners of the New Market and the Irish 2000 Guineas, respectively. People say, oh, I don't like Paddington. I don't like the way he carries his head. I don't think he's ungenuine. It's just the way he races. It's just the way it is. He's always done it. I think he's got greater potential... Uh, than Caldeen, uh especially in this race. I think he's quite a well balanced horse, which we tend to forget on the round mile at Alaska. You need a well balanced horse, mm. a horse that is going to keep straight, can rail well if you've got that inside line, because that's a tight bend as well. And you're two and three quarter furlongs away from home. So you've got to be able to quicken and quicken um, coming off the leash off a bend, which means you need a really athletic horse. Both horses I have massive respect to. Royal Scotsman's gone out my bag. I can't give him another chance. Uh, and and uh, although I may have a saver on Paddington, I thought Indestructible was way too big. On the back of one bad run in a 2,000 guineas, which you said earlier in this podcast, Em, um, the ground was bloody awful and he hated. He won the Craven in a really good style. He beat Moster, uh, uh Bashir by uh, seven and three-quarter lengths back in fifth spot in the Craven. And yet, he's two and a half times the odds here. Again... I'm not saying he's going to win. I think you can go through Royal Ascot and literally not get a winner and get loads of placed horses at 20, 25, 33 to 1 and still make a profit. And he falls into the Bradsell camp as far as that betting uh, portfolio is concerned as an each-way play. So indestructible, I think he's too big. I prefer Paddington of the two Guineas winners.
0: Well, that's really interesting because Carl Burke was quite bullish about him when we spoke to him last week on the final forum podcast How oh, was he yeah mm. um
1: what a shrewd man he is shrewd man
0: oh he's a class act he, he really is a class mm. act um but i was making the point to him that he hasn't had him very long you know he's a relatively new addition mm. to the yard this will only be his third run um but he oh, right. he was right ra- i still don't understand why these ammo horses have gone from michael callaghan and he's not the only trainer there's an awful lot of, of trainers have been have been left by ammo and I can't quite understand what it is Michael or, or any of the others are well, supposed to have done wrong. Is it just is it is it, it something?
1: Fickle? Yeah, something's gone on. I don't know. Something's gone on behind the scenes we don't know about. Or they're just they're just very touchy, sensitive, idiotic owners. It's one of the two or a combination of the two. I don't know. I've heard they're assembling their own
0: private training facility. Really? Which is, you know, that's okay. Mm. Like that's up to them, but um, I don't know. The whole thing is a bit bizarre. Anyway, uh, Indestructible in the care of Carl Barak. He did give him a, a very, very bullish talk-up. And uh, it's very interesting to hear you soak him up as well, because I haven't heard too many people selling him. I, I'd be interested in the Paddington Indestructible forecast. I think that could be...
1: Mm-hmm. I think it, I think the ground has to remain sound for Indestructible. That's my, my one worry. Obviously, he doesn't want too much rain. But how much rain is it going to... Take to turn the ground from where it is now. I mean, they're going to have to catch quite a few thunderstorms, quite a few of them, and even then, at the height of summer, summer because uh, temperatures still quite high, aren't they, for next week? Whatever the weather does, it, it's going to dry out pretty quickly, as it normally does at Ascot.
0: Yeah, it's a mixed forecast, but that's a very good point to make. The ground is already good and proper, good ground, yeah. so it would take a fair yeah. bit. And, and Ascot drains brilliantly as well. Um, all right, mm. that is the feature race. Uh, we've got the Ascot stakes now. I know. Your main contender for this wasn't declared in the end, um, but we've got Ryan Moore and Willie Mullins teaming up. They'll be teaming up twice in the day. Bring on the night. Was unlucky to be second in this race last year, and Coltrane has obviously gone on to bigger and better things. Is currently the favourite for the Gold Cup. With him out of the way, is this Mullins' time to shine in the Ascot Stakes yet again?
1: You think so, but his price reflects that, doesn't it? You know, you think what Coltrane's gone on to do, as you said. I was actually going to be on Newfoundland for Joseph O'Brien, but he's been taken out. I thought he was going to be a natural, stepped up to a mile and three quarters to two and a half miles. Uh, So I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'll be watching out for him. I'm hoping that Newfoundland's going to be in for the Cesarewitch. I wonder if that will be the case, and I wonder what has happened. Um, The price is there. It's straight out. You bring on the night, and many people want to be on that. Many people want to be on three or four, favorites in the big races on the first days you normally get first day of Cheltenham don't you Amon it's the same here Goshen could be intriguing off the same mark if he's on a going day but he's an absolute nutter Uh, Paul Nichols trained pleasant man's very interesting Has always looked as though a deep test of stamina on top of the ground would suit so he's the other interesting one but it's a race I'm not going to play in now but I understand uh, the solid solid claims of the favorite here and when you have a trainer's name associated with him you know only one way it's going to go in the best he's going to be he's going to be uber solid in the batting
0: yeah and listen if ryan morris having a good day if he's one on river tyber who looks an absolute speedball and a proper machine if he's one on paddington then all that money's going to start flooding in again uh for for him by the way we could be in the winner's enclosure with that ryan Moore bet if if this day goes to plan yeah. as the market expects it to um anything else to mention in the the, the big handicap on day one
1: yeah, not really. I mean, the Copper Horse Stakes is the other race which um, bookends the, the the meeting, doesn't it, 6.10. Uh, because when I my non-runner was announced in the Ascot Stakes, I thought, oh, have a look at the Copper Horse. And I, I, I find it very interesting indeed. I, I thought the favourite was well worth opposing at the price. Though, man, I couldn't believe the price of that. I looked down, looked down, looked down. I thought, oh, what about a stable in form at the moment? And I came up with the name of Chillingham who, of course, is a horse many people won't even know about because they'll overlook his claims here. But he comes from the yard in absolutely uh, fabulous form at the moment, uh, Ed Bethel. And I look back at his form. He's yeah. very unexposed. He was an easy winner at 12 furlongs at first con. Soft ground has to be said. He does like a bit digging the ground. He's got quite a choppy action. So I want the rain to come to him so it's genuinely good ground. He's got a £7 penalty for that up from 90 to 97, but he's he's thoroughly unexposed. And I mean, you have a look at the rest of the field, including Nastjo's winner and our top weight, Get Shirty. The majority of these are a, a really exposed performers apart from probably the Godolphin runner in this race, who has been well backed in the last twenty-four hours. So Chillingham was still available at thirty-three to one, I believe, in two places. I think it's a big player. And the other one to add, Emily, uh, here is is the old boy Raymond Tusk, who was seventh of fourteen last year, he beaten four lengths, staying on late, when really kept on very strongly off a off a quite a moderate pace. That was off a mark of one hundred and five. He runs off one hundred and one here. And as we know, Alan King's team are in brilliant form. He's recently raised up the 2,000th winner of his career. So, yeah, um, I want to oppose the favourite. Um, the Godolphin horse I really like, but chilling him at 33s is too big. And Raymond Tusku is 66 to 1 on the complete outsider in places, when you think there's going to be five places minimum up for grabs here, he also makes a, a very interesting form reading as well.
0: It's a great shout, that. Um, I'm interested in Nusrette. For Joseph O'Brien, we know that he likes to go right-handed. We know that's the, the best mm, for him. Yes. Um, and that was a point that was made really strongly by Daryl Jacob when he was on the show uh, not so long ago in the build-up to Cheltenham. That's basically why he didn't go to the festival. Um, and, and look, he, he did it well in Handicap the, the last day. He would need to improve, but it's Joseph O'Brien. He's got a great record uh, when he comes to, to the Royal Meeting. I, I would give a chance to uh, O'Katis Sushi. Uh, who ran in the race last year was third. I was a little bit disappointed with his finishing effort the last day, but he did rack up some wins in small field races, uh, including on on the all weather twice on the all weather in the build up to this. So mm. you know, perhaps I'm just not entirely certain. I, w- I wouldn't rule him out. I'm not putting him up, but I wouldn't be be um, dismissing him either. Uh, I think the big thing with the favorite, uh, and it's it's hard to kind of get around. By the way, is Scriptwriter a script in new in new ownership, he is. Scriptwriter has been sold. Yeah, That's he is. Really yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, But now with Milton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah still, yeah, it, yeah.
0: still with Milton, but just carrying different silks now, which is just an intriguing one. Yeah. Uh, but the Vauban angle. So, what we've been told about Vauban is, oh, he could be a Melbourne Cup horse. Well, if he is, if he's truly of that level, he'd want to be winning this.
1: Mm. Of course. Absolutely. By the way, the name of the Godolphin horse just slipped my mind. Ruling Dynasty is interesting. He's coming from a novice, isn't he? Yeah. And to a race of this magnitude, I wonder they're thinking, well, he wins this, he goes he goes straight to, to the e ball handicap. Um but yeah, I think it's like all the big handy big field handicaps, and I know you love playing them and I do as well. If you can just find a nook or cranny where you have an edge over the bookmaker, and I think Chillingham gives us that, and I will be having a saver on ruling dynasty. I think he could well be a price wise horse. I hope he is, because price wise dictates an awful lot what happens overnight in the markets and at Royal Ascot. And to a certain extent, then I'll lay back off on the morning on the morning of the race, maybe. Mm. Or o- always grab your profit. Always grab your profit.
0: Lock in that profit. Not like
1: all that. of it. Not all. Not all of it, Emmett. But you, but you know, to keep the ball rolling, yeah. To keep you in the black. To keep the ball rolling. It's, I mean, it's the obvious thing to do. And, and, and so many punters. Not I've done it in the past. Guilty of it in the past when I. I started punting, you tend to be greedy and you sit on the original price that you have. But of course, we we have a way out to lock in a profit. So, so why not take it when it's staring you straight in the face?
0: Oh listen, that's been my mentality for a very long time. Is exactly the opposite mm. to you. Um, I, I've if I backed a horse at ten to one and now he's seven to one. I just get more excited. Oh, the market's in my favour. And yet, yet, I'm I'm the same person who will tell you if a horse drifts in the market, well, you have to be against the market. There's no logic to it.
1: So on one one, one hand, I get excited. Oh, the market's
0: speaking in my favour. This is great. But I'm the same guy. I backed a horse on on TalkSport 2 the other day, um, Archie Watson. He drifted from even money. Tony Tony McCormick was telling us in the 888 betting feature. He'd been even money the Mm -hmm. night before. He'd gone out to nine to one. And I said, "Wow. well, okay, he hasn't lost a leg. He's still racing. So you're getting an exceptionally big price of a horse who shouldn't be that. So we'll take the chance. I'm going exactly. to back him. The horse goes and wins. Mm. But, wow. but if I had backed that horse that night, I'd be going, oh, we've got no chance. Oh, we've got no chance. Mm-hmm. So before mm-hmm. you put your money in, I, I can be quite objective. But when the money is on, I'm less inclined mm-hmm. to hit the cash out button no matter what the offer is, and I'm less inclined to go and cash out because I'm like, let it ride, baby, let it ride. I, have a I, I love around.
1: that. I love that stubborn part of your character. I yeah. really do. And you know what? I I, I I back you up big time as far as that's concerned. The other thing is you, you and I... Uh I bet a lot anti-Post. I know you do as well. I'll I'll bet uh, Cheltenham 2024 in April this year. I'll bet Aintree Grand National uh, for May of last year, uh, for May of this year, because that's the way I like to bet anti-Post. Now, if I build up a really solid Profile in whatever. For example, um, Chantry House. I backed straight after it finished third in the Supreme Novices' Hurdle it was third or fourth, wasn't it? Um, for for the two and a half miler for the for the Turner, and then of course the, the next great Irish horse, um, the next great Arkle was announced, and he won everything over in Ireland. And I thought to myself, "Oh my God!" And then Chantry House blew out in his first chase back here in his in his in his novice season. Then he won at Weatherby after time off of the track, and then I thought to myself well, he's going to get the fast ground he needs for the first time ever in his career. And you have to stay loyal to what you think. We tend to get swayed so easily by jockey quotes, which you don't get very often, more often by trainer quotes, and by those high-profile tipsters who we sort of hang on a thread by. You know, Paul Keeley, for me, is one of the most outstanding tipsters in the country. And, and you you know, he is a successful professional punter. But... Every single tipster in the country, whether there be someone who has a 10 pence each way, lucky 15, or their championships or whatever, they will lose more often than they will win. So always stick by what you've seen and what you think. Be loyal to your thoughts more often than not. And I think it will pay off long term, especially long term anti-post.
0: That's great advice. And you're absolutely spot on about it as well. Uh, we will move on to the Wokingham Stakes, uh, another race you're very keen to talk about, 6-1 yeah. Handicap. Um, I'm quite keen on Cranjahar Jahar here, but what's your th- what's your thought process?
1: I think it's a great renewal. I think it's an absolute cracker, and I immersed myself in it for three hours in the middle of last week. Uh, Ratio, who's one of the Antipo's favourites, went off 89-93. I think he's slightly better with given the ground, which he may well get, we don't know, by, by, by the weekend. I don't think that was the greatest of Class 3 handicaps where he beats Sir Thomas Gresham. Um, of the market leaders, Kanjar, lethal Levi in that order. The former loves to feel his uh, feet rattle. He's £12 pound better off with Levi on heritage handicap formats at New Markets July meeting. I always felt this was a race suited to us that stays slightly further. Always has done. I don't know why, because sometimes those horses can't get into the race and get too far adrift at halfway. St. Lawrence is an interesting horse for me, two from 18 in a career. It's a poor return for a horse of his ability. Um, And the other thing with St. Lawrence, he needs loads to go right for him. Um, He hasn't won since August 2020, but since then, he's been placed in a Horace Hill, in a Commonwealth Cup trial, and a Palace House Stakes. He was a huge eye-catcher in this year's Abernant off a slow pace. And his run last time out at Newmarket, I think, is oh, it's probably best ignored. He's, he raced way too prominently. He has to be held up and run past beaten horses, and the dead ground was against him. I think he could be in the shake-up. He's within three pounds of his last win. And the other one who's probably not going to get into the race, but I had to mention, was Spangled Mack. Um, probably the forgotten horse of the race, M. Four timer last summer for Marks, ranging from 69 to 81. Was then second off 94 over this C&D, when he arguably should have beaten a day in Asia in a Class 2. Two runs of the season have been over seven, interestingly. And he was given an easy time by uh, Ashu Murphy in the second of those. That was at Maydan, two runs at Maydan, off the track since. Dropped to 95. Now, he's an outsider with a chance. I think the chances he's not going to get into the race off a mark of 40. But if he does, I will back him in tandem with St. Lawrence. If he doesn't, it'll be uh, St. Lawrence with Kanjar.
0: Uh, Kanjar, for me as well, he's got a great record over six furlongs and fast ground, third, first, second, yes. faster to the ground, better his prospects. Yard won this in 2009 with high standings, but given a fairly similar yes. enough prep. Uh, and I like that performance the The last day. It's a big step forward from York, where. Look, mm. the, Ground should have been okay for him, but it's his first run of the season. We can forgive that. And uh, and he came up against his course specialist at Hamilton. If I could use my mouth words correctly, he came up against a course specialist at Hamilton <laughs> the last day. Um, so there was no no uh, disgrace in finishing second to him I think he'll take a big step forward
1: and very very interesting yeah it was a, it was merely a warm-up race wasn't it yeah. it was merely a warm-up a setup a setup race exactly Absolutely.
0: and we're guaranteed to get in he's 28 and there's 28 Runners in the race so uh we know Perfect. we're know we're going to be there and we're going to be at the lower end of the weights as well um any other business for Royal Ascot 2023 my man
1: no because those are the races I honed in on I think you can look at too many races And spread your jam too thinly over the weekend. And and that is a problem, you know? Uh, You know, whether you're there for five days or one day or two days, or you're sitting in front of the TV and you have all your bookmakers' accounts in front of you, it's so easy from bet from race to race to race or in the betting shop itself. It's so easy just. Pick and choose the races that you think you have an edge. And we, we don't state this too often as punters. In order to beat the bookmakers over a long amount of time, whether it be six months, 12 months, five years, or a lifetime, you have to find the races that you have a tipping edge over them. Um, and they're going to be few and far between. So patience is always the biggest factor. Make sure that you have things in your favor before you put your hard earned down.
0: Absolutely superb, as always. Paul Jacobs, who is your nap of Royal Ascot 2023?
1: Well, my nap um, is probably going to be chilling him in that copper horse. I think he's hugely underrated. And because he comes from a small yard, his price is way too big. Way too big. Had he come from a yard that was uh, better known, certainly on this side, had he been a William Haggis horse, for example, um, or someone from a, a bigger yard over in Ireland as well, had he been a Rafe Beck horse, he wouldn't be 33 to 1, but he's trained by a very, very able horseman who is a, an above average rider and does ever so well the bloodstock he gets through his hands, and yet he's 33 to 1. I think that's ridiculous.
0: Ed Bethel, Callum Rodriguez, 33 to 1. Let's go! What a nap! Eight. My nap for Royal Ascot is, um, is Luxembourg. Not quite the. Like, if I get the win, delighted. But it's not quite the creative thinking of, of Paul Jacobs coming in with a <laughs> 33 to 1 shot to smash the bookies solid. open.
1: Yeah, but if it wins.
0: Yeah, yeah it listen, wins. I'll, I'll take it. But. If I, if I'm getting my two to one win in the Prince of Wales sticks, that's fantastic. Mm. Uh, I'm delighted with it. But if you're getting us a 33 to one win, we are taking the slates off of the bookies shop.
1: Yeah. We're taking the night. slates can off ask, their roof. Guess it, can I ask you, Em, as well, is, is Bullshaw Barley uh, uh, running in his own right? Or is he going to be the natural pacemaker there?
0: Well, I'm a little bit surprised he's running at all because Aiden was telling us he was going to go for the copper horse uh, and and was talking about the fact that he he had the rating that he had and the weight that he had and that that was going to be favourable. And yet he comes in here. So I would imagine he will run on merit, but he will do so at a fast tempo up front.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we know what's gonna happen. He leads, Luxembourg sits in behind, and if the other jockeys, the other six jockeys in the race have any brains in their head, and several of them we know bloody well don't, they'll 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 mess it up for the O'Brien yard. They'll try and get it in amongst the two runners and, and bully them, you know? They'll try and do a golden freeze. But you know what jockeys are like nowadays, you sit there and you watch it on TV or live at the track and you think What the hell are you doing? If it's obvious to me, who's an absolute idiot who couldn't sit on a horse and steer him in the first place. Surely it's obvious to you riding in a race, even in the midst of a race, if you don't know what's going to happen beforehand, even in the midst of a race where you can change your tactics in the middle of a race, you'll do something about it. I'm amazed how many times that doesn't happen. Which, can I just very briefly talk about the Gold Cup very briefly, Anne, Yeah, can, can, I, can I just
0: I, say, in terms of how that race is going to be run, I'm going to, I'm going to guess. Yeah, yeah, that, tell that what, me. Tell what me. will happen yeah. is Classic Causeway is going mm-hmm. to go out in front and Bolshei Ballet yeah, yeah. is probably going to push him. Uh, I yeah. would think that my Prospero won't be that far behind them but Ryan mm. will keep a very close tabs on both Balsha Ballet and Classic Causeway Agree William might be at the back of the field and at AR Ryan will get first run uh, off the final bend, and Ryan will win Yeah, could
1: be right Could going. be absolutely small uh, Gold uh, Cup yeah,
0: what, what, what do you have for us on the Goal Cup?
1: Well, I thought it was very. I just thought it was a really interesting Gold Cup. I don't think it's a above average Gold Cup, but I think it's a fascinating Gold Cup because Coltrane uh, is the pro in the race. We know his Ascot record. We know he keeps on improving and improving, not massively, but he keeps on improving by small increments. And for a horse that loves Ascot, that's a big player. Elder, Elder of, I don't think is crying out for two and a half miles. I don't know what to think of Courage Monomie. Me uh, Won a Class 2 handicap off 98. Subjectivists ran well in Dubai, but it, 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 they don't come back, do they? They don't come back as stayers. I don't think your beer is going to stay either. Uh, and I thought the key race of this was the Yorkshire Cup where everybody thought that Quickthorn was going to go off at a rapid rate of knots and set the pace. By the way, why is Quickthorn run on fast ground in his last two runs when I mean, he doesn't want it? That's, a bit, that's beside the point. Um, um, Gio Valletto obviously came through late on and won that. Well, he's boosted he that form set, though with the win yesterday. Quickly. He has. No, absolutely. Yeah, he has boosted the form. Um, but the fractions weren't that quick. And I thought that Caught Broom out, who raced handily all the way around, and they kind of quickened what about just over two furlongs out, and Broom was caught for foot. Uh, and remember, this time last year, Broom given a brilliant ride, brilliant ride outstanding yeah, ride in the Hardwick stakes I mean it, it was just one it's probably the best ride of the meeting I think he's been crying out for his test of stamina um, he's run over two and won over two before but two and a half I think will suit him down and I think he's kind of the forgotten horse of the race you know being pushed out to to ten to one I, I, I think he's big and he he well good ground is great for him and I think he I actually think he can be pushed anywhere in a race and I think having that flexibility tactical wise for any horse at any distance it any race is hugely underrated, and I think Ryan knows that. Whether he's going to Ryan Emily Dickinson or Broom, I, d- I don't know. You'll know better than me. I don't really care. I prefer him to be on Broom, but at ten to one, I can't see him being out the three.
0: I thought interviewing Ryan, uh, interviewing Aiden last Thursday, um, mm. so which is only a couple of days ago, I got the impression, and, and maybe I just misread it, but I, I thought he yeah. was leaning towards Ryan riding Broom. And oh, really? my understanding oh. is Ryan will ride Emily Dickinson. But I'm okay. delighted to hear, because we hadn't talked about this beforehand. I'm delighted to hear you talk up Broom in the way you have, because I agree with you. Yeah. I think this is a wide open renewal of the Gold Cup. We don't have a Stradivarius. We don't have a Kiprios. Um, hopefully no. we'll have him towards the end of the year. You're looking for something that can come in and cause a surprise. And look, the yep. race, just go on the private handicapping services. Look at ProForm. Look at the Racing Post ratings. Broom is top. Mm. Um, along with Mm. with Emily Dickinson, by the way. And that performance in the Hardwick last year, like for for everything you've said, copy, paste, brilliant ride, but you have to have the horse to go and do it. It was a great performance. And I wonder if the combination of the way the race was run in the Lonsdale Cup uh, combining against him, but also even that slight drop back two furlongs, that might not have helped Mm. him either. Um, And I don't think there's any issue in my mind about him staying two mile four. He's, he's a okay. battle-hardened, classy, tough racehorse. I thought there were bonkers to be going for the two-mile race in Maidan at the beginning of the year. I thought, this is, this is crazy. Just goes to show you how, how wrong I was. Uh, and I've completely flip-flopped. And I was very strong in him um, at, at York. thought that was a really good run. 12 to 1 is too big a price. Um, I've come round mm. to, to Emily Dickinson as well. I was very keen on Elder Alderov. At the beginning of the season, there was a doubt in the back of my mind. Does that horse really want two-mile four? Uh, and the more I look at him, the more I think, no. And I know Lewis Tomlinson was on the show not so long ago and he talked him up in, in a big way. And I think Lewis is, is a big oh, fan really? of his prospects there. And I, I can I can get it. I wouldn't want to put anybody off. This is such an open renewal. Whatever your, your choice is, pay your money, take your choice. Best of luck to you. I'm not so sure he mm. wants the out-and-out out two mile four. Uh, I think Emily Dickinson will stay. And she has to turn form around with him from the St. Ledger last year. But the increased distance may very well help. But at the prices... Room is definitely the pick for me as well at 12 to 1.
1: Interesting, interesting. We all have our views and, you know, everybody respects any other person's views in horse racing because, as we said earlier, you you can't be right all the time. And I always think when you're having a debate about a meeting or a single race on its own, em, that, you know, you the biggest skill you can have is to listen. Listen to the other person, take on board what they've got to say because that's a, another sort of... um piece of armour for you to use in your uh, breakdown of a race in digesting and cogitating a race. So always listen to other people's views, even if you don't agree with it, because you might, you might just pick up something that will slightly change your angle on a race. Always important for me.
0: In the words of Jose Mourinho, respect, respect. And we say that, <laughs> I love it. we say that, but then you've got the whole Simon Rollins, Johnny Deneen thing kicking off on Twitter. It's like,
1: Jesus, <laughs> I know what's going on Boys, go Who for a cares? pint.
0: I kind of wanted, I really wanted to tweet out the Harry Hill there's only one way to settle this. <laughs>
1: Fight! Yeah.
0: And I just went, no, I can't be bothered getting involved in this.
1: Gonna, uh, no. I, I don't, I did, you know what?
0: I, 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 let me, let me just More state, let me state for the record, big fan of Simon Rollins, yeah. think he does great work, big fan of Johnny Deane, think he, think he's, yeah, he yeah. Does, he's a great character. Um, that, yeah. that is a Mark Stanley type quote that he gave on, on that preview, uh, that it's, it, the form's not worth a Mars bar or whatever it is he said. That's mm. exactly what, mm. what that is. But, I will use sectional times in that I will read the work of Simon Rollins or James Willoughby and see what mm. what their thoughts are. But I'm not taking that to the mm. bank. Just because I've I've read what mm. they've said doesn't necessarily mean that I'm now going to go with that as the authority. I remember a couple of years ago they were banging on about a, was it a Mark Johnston 2-year-old began with a V for the Coventry couldn't be beaten. Couldn't be beaten. Mm
1: lapped. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's plenty mm-hmm. of them that, it was Al Ali that they'd given a, a huge, a huge big up to, he goes and wins. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can take it or leave it. It's all different parts of information. It's all to be formed together, to be used for you. Very same as this. Everything Sport. that Paul has just said, Sport. Paul has just given you a detailed breakdown of his selections. It's up to you whether or not you want to go and follow him in. Maybe he said something that pushes you in the direction of another horse. It's how you interpret the information but, that's in front
1: absolutely. of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the other thing is, you know what, well, um, we do say it from time to time, is that you look at form, you look at sectionals, you look at going, you look at form of trainers, jockey, blah, 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 blah and you can have dozens of factors. One of the most, well, two of them, mo- the other two are the really overriding factors. One, horses aren't machines. They're not going to race in, race out, race out, reproduce their best. And you should forgive one, two, or even three poor runs. And two, here's the biggest factor in anything in life in love in your profession in what you do when you drive down the motorway here's the the biggest factor and and that is luck luck you have to have on your side to a bigger or a smaller extent uh, and you know what you can you can do all the homework you think you can do you can cover every single base you can be watertight you can be open-minded in your thinking and be very objective you need that little slice of luck in anything you do in life and and more so when it comes to punting on the horses.
0: In the words of Al Pacino who played that Lin- Vince Lombardi type character in All About Sunday The inches we need are all around <laughs> us One step <laughs> the other you don't quite catch it One step the other way you don't quite make it That's what it's all about baby uh, Paul uh, Ferguson uh, I love this as always it's a pleasure chatting racing with you looking forward to talking to you again very very soon my
1: friend Hey take care thank you
0: And best of luck to you for Royal Ascot as well. We're live on TalkSport 2 all week. Preview shows uh, in the morning from 10 a.m. We're live on the air from 1 p.m. TalkSport 2. Join us for that. Paul and myself back with you very, very soon. Best of luck. Look after yourselves and each other. God bless.